Pastor Ed Taylor reminds parents of their responsibility to teach their kids. Parents, lead your home. On the, as in, in the ways of the Lord. Where else are they going to learn? You know where, how, how they learn what to watch on TV? By you. You know how they learn what to listen to on the radio? By you. They, you know how they learn to value the Bible? By you. You know how they learn to value their relationship? By you. I mean, I can go on and on. They learn things from us. We're the primary teachers in the home. This is amazing grace. From Calvary Church in Aurora, this is Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Glad to have you on board as we pick up where we left off in our series in John with special emphasis on the Holy Spirit. We're learning about the spiritual gifts, and today we come back to the gift of teaching. If you've been given this gift, there are some things to watch out for, or we might call them pitfalls, and Ed will touch on that a bit later on. First, he points out how this gift showed up in the early church. Where did the gift of teaching show up in the early church? Well, let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Teaching is the foundation. Teaching and learning are the foundations of spiritual growth. The systematic teaching of God's word will inoculate you from sin and prevent you from being carried away with every wind of doctrine. Sound, verse by verse, Chapter by chapter, book by book, teaching of the entire Bible systematically or what is called expositionally, expositional teaching will inoculate you from sin and from getting carried away with all kinds of false doctrines that, believe me, they flow through the church all the time. And now with technology, they seem to take root in everybody's hearts. They, they watch this or hear this, and before you know it, they're off on a tangent. But the Bible will keep you tethered to the word, the true word, Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The church just is born with 3,120 people. What did they do? First couple days of their, what did they do? Well, it says right here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They continued steadfastly in four things. The apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Every true growing church needs to continue steadfastly in these four things. It's very important. Every home needs to continue in these four things. Parents, just a word to you. You, You've got to raise your kids in the ways of the Lord and teach them how to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Teach them what true godly fellowship is, first with you and then with others. You've got to teach your kids how to pray by praying with them and praying for them. You need to break bread with them and have communion together. Parents, I, I read all the time on, you know, because I have kids too. They're, they've grown up now, but I still have them and I'm still raising them. They'll be my kids forever. But I'm very, I'm very concerned about how to reach the next generation. And not too many years ago, Ken Ham was here. He wrote the book Already Gone. And from the statistics that they have, they say, hey, look, uh, 
The church is losing the kids. As soon as they graduate high school, man, they're gone. They go to college and they don't care. And, and certainly, I think we as a church have a responsibility. That's why we dedicate ample amount of resources, full-time people to take care of that time of discipleship, 90 minutes here. Kids aren't goofing off upstairs, although they start out with some games to break the ice. They're not goofing off upstairs. You know, we got dedicated pastors. We got dedicated both the children's ministry and the high school and all the lay leaders that love your kids, laying down their lives for your kids. They're pouring into your kids, teaching the Bible at their level, getting with them and praying with them, hopefully drawing out from them where they're centered. I mean, that we're committed to you. But if you think that 90 minutes, if you think right now, parent, mom and dad, that 90 minutes is all your kids need, you are mistaken. We are not your kids' parents. You are. And the responsibility to raise your kids in the ways of the Lord is on you, then on us. Because I think I would be, I'd give you a great disservice. I think I couldn't answer to the Lord if all we had was goofing off up there and just like making the kids like, oh, I love, I love youth group. It's so great. Well, what'd you learn? I don't know. All we did was shoot darts, you know, and play pool. Instead of realizing that the, the, the fun part of it, the relationship building, that, that's why we would have fun. And we do. There's all kinds of stuff up there that kids all get into. Uh, and, and it's great. They have a lot of fun. But the only purpose of fun is to build trust and relationships so we can get the word of God into their hearts. Parents, lead your home on the, as in, in the ways of the Lord. Where else are they going to learn? You know where, how, how they learn what to watch on TV? By you. You know how they learn what to listen to on the radio? By you. You know how they learn to value the Bible? By you. You know how they learn to value their relationship? By you. I mean, I can go on and on. They learn things from us. We're the primary teachers in the home. And what the early church did is they continued in these things and they became strong even through the warfare and the trials and the martyrdom. Regular systematic teaching of the word of God is the primary function of the pastor teacher in the church. Pulpits in every church must be filled by godly men that are gifted with the gift of pastor teacher. It's when the pulpits are not filled by the man that has that gifting that churches go down south and weird stuff comes into the church. It comes into the church through the teaching or the lack of teaching. That's just the way it is. And listen, teaching and and the teaching of God's word is not about style. And it's too bad that everybody's hung up on style. And, and that's how they choose to respond. You know, you can have somebody with the gift of teaching stand here and never move and stay like this and read their notes. Regular, systematic teaching of the Word of God is the primary function of the pastor teacher. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober minded of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. And God can use that in amazing ways. But we're all into style. Where's the flash? Where's the excitement? Where's the movement? And listen, be careful of that stuff. Because you can be easily ripped off with all the style and all the flash and no substance. It's like, oh yeah, I love that church. Well, what'd you learn? Um, I don't know, but it was really fun. It was really styling. It was really got me going, got my blood going. Listen, systematic expositional teaching is designed to grow you as a believer to go through the whole Bible. And it's not the style. Don't get lost on the style. God's word will not return to him void. 
it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Everything about teaching is substance, the very essence of it. Look, if you're visiting here today, and you might be from a smaller church perhaps, or just discouraged, or maybe you have a pastor that, that doesn't have, you know, maybe they just stand behind the pulpit perhaps, and they're just giving you a word. Listen, I want you to do something. When you go back to your church, after the next service, I want you to go up to your pastor. I want you to give him a big hug. Tell him how much you love him and appreciate him for his dedication to teaching you the Bible week after week after week and sacrificing his life to make sure that you grow. Don't judge that brother on his style. Don't judge that brother on, well, you know, I alerted this guy on the radio. I had. Don't, don't do that. These are guys that are dedicating their lives to you and if they're teaching you the Bible, then, man, appreciate them and love them. Now, the big style today that has captured so many people is this style of topical teaching. There's a big difference between a church that teaches through the Bible. That would describe our congregation. That's our commitment. We teach through the Bible. Sometimes not as fast as people would desire, but that's the way it is. The record right now, and finishing one book of the Bible, is three years now, I'm not trying to break any records or do anything like that. I just, it took us three years to get through Romans. There's so much in Romans, I still feel like I didn't cover it, right? We would even pause on words. One word would be the whole Bible study. And just to unpack that, I remember doing that word on sanctification and just learning how God changes you from the inside. It's just beautiful. But we're going to take you through. We are a church that teaches through the Bible. Big difference than a, te- a church that has chosen to teach from the Bible. We're a Bible church. Well, how do you guys teach the Bible? Well, you know, we, we go through different topics. And then for four weeks, we learn about marriage. And four weeks, we learn about, uh, you know, singleness. And four weeks, we got to learn about money. And four weeks, gotta, and before you know it, that's all you're getting is a diet of topicals. Now, I'm not opposed to topicals at all. We're not, you go, well, Pastor Ed, you're doing a topical series right now. I know. I'm not opposed to it. Sometimes we got to pause. But if you stick around long enough, we had about 11 weeks in this. We still got more. But if you stick around long enough, after the last study and the last gift, where are we going to go? John chapter 15. Because we stopped in our regular study on John 14 because Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. And I just felt a burden to explain to you some of the benefits of the Spirit of God in your life. But then we're going to get on to John 15, which is beautiful because it's about abiding in Jesus and where your source and sustenance comes from and just living your life. You're just hanging out with Jesus. But, but you're not going to grow. And, and there's even this little thing that's, you know, just draw. It's kind of the church growth movement models and that. But there's even this thing where I see posters all around where they're, they're taking modern movies and somehow, like, you don't need to learn about some modern R-rated movie at church. You need the Word of God. That's what you need. You don't need to be exposed to that. Look, look. We teach through the Bible. And that's our commitment. And I pray regularly. I hope you do too that God would apprehend some leaders in our community to take their churches through the Bible. That's what we need. You've got to learn what the Bible has to say about your life. You've got to learn what God has to say. The early church taught the Bible. That's what they did. They hung out together. They taught the Bible. They continued steadfastly. The idea behind that is they didn't quit. And that's why in, in our Congregation, like your junior hires, you know what Keegan's been doing with your junior hires for the last many, many months? Teaching them through the book of Proverbs. One, pro- you know how hard it is to teach through the Proverbs? But that brother's man nailing it. He's doing a great job. And, and so, anyway, let's go on. The gift is very powerful. 
Let's end before we have a time of communion with seven dangers that I want you to watch out for. Seven dangers that the teacher that affects eternity has to watch out for. Number one, in teaching, you might lack in preparation. You might lack in preparation. What do I mean by that? Well, because teaching is so normal and natural for you, you just kind of wing it. You don't put the time in that you need to put in. Even though the Bible says to study, to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, because you're gifted with teaching, you just kind of go in and you wing it, and you don't study, and you don't prepare. That's a danger. And I would just say the longer you teach, the more of a danger it is. And you want to prepare. You want a fresh word from the Lord. You want to prepare it just for your audience. And you don't want to be lacking. You don't want to fly by the seat of your pants when in reality you're just winging it in the flesh. Listen, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. They gave the sense and helped them understand the reading. That's a good definition of expository teaching. Number two. Another danger you can face as a teacher with the gift, a person with the gift of teaching, is that you just become a fact dumper. A fact dumper. What this is, what this danger is, is that you forget that you are a tool in the hand of God, not just to dump a bunch of facts on people, but rather to convey information that will lead to life change. That's why you're teaching. You're teaching to change lives. And teachers can often confuse just giving the facts with teaching to change someone's life. And sometimes that happens when you're tired. Sometimes that happens when it's been a hard day or a hard week. Merely giving the truth or dumping information on people is not enough. People need to be shown how to apply it. And even more so that you care about their lives. Thirdly, a person with the gift of teaching can at times lack humility. Or the other way to say that is, there is it's easy for a teacher, a person with the gift of teaching, to fall into the trap of pride. Why? Well, because teachers dwell and live in the, in the realm of knowledge and facts. They have a, a desire to be precise and to be confident in what they're teaching. But because of that, you begin to feel really good that you're smarter than others or that you know more than others or that everybody's always coming to you with questions and you lose your humility. We, the Bible is clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And knowledge can puff up. Teachers got to watch out for that. And I like, I read this once, a book that I have appreciated many, many years ago. A brother, uh, I, in my early days of teaching the Bible, I taught a devotional at a men's retreat. And, you know, so nervous and just, man, I hope I do well. And it was like 10 minutes uh, and after, the brother came and put his arm around me and says, Ed, so you shared the devotional. I said, yeah. He says, you know, I think you could use some help. <laughs> he was totally right. Thank God for that, brother. And he put his arm around me. He says, I got some help for you. And he, he handed me a book that radically changed my thinking, among many other things. If you're a teacher, you want to you get this book. It's, it's not in print anymore, I don't think. You have to get a used copy. It's called Seven Laws of the Learner. Seven Laws of the Learner by Bruce Wilkinson. Amazing book. Any kind of teaching, let alone Bible teaching. And I will forever be grateful for that brother putting his arm around me and saying, Ed, I think, I think you need help. I want to help you. And just walking alongside of me, pointing out some of the mistakes I made and some of the things I could do better. And it was great. It was awesome. And so I learned, I learned that phrase, this phrase from that book. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's key for a teacher.
Number four, uh, teachers have to watch out for, those with the gift of teaching have to watch out uh, for the lack of integrity. The lack of integrity. A teacher needs to be walking what he or she is talking. And here's a quote. The teacher needs to be walking what he or she is talking or they should sit down and stay quiet. That's actually not the quote. I softened it a little bit. The quote is, a teacher needs to be walking what he or she is talking or they should sit sit down and shut up. That's a pretty heavy statement. But I want to also loop back to you parents. This is so true. You've got to walk what you're talking. Because we teach in two ways. We teach with words and we teach with actions. And when your actions do not match up with God's desire, your actions are screaming disobedience, screaming compromise, screaming, I don't really care what I, what, what the Bible, when your actions are screaming, your kids and those that you're teaching can't hear the whisper in the still small voice of the voice of God in their lives. They're going to listen and watch. Because, you know, your kids are human. We're all human, aren't we? I mean, we're all human. We all have flesh. And every one of us, if you look at your life, you'll see you're looking for a way out, an easier way, a shortcut. And with the kids, when they're forming, man, you've got to walk the talk or you're not going to be a very effective teacher. The way the Bible will put that is you need to be above reproach. Not perfect. None of us are perfect parents, teachers, pastors. Obviously, obviously, we're not. We're not perfect. But in the totality of our lives before the Lord, we need to be without hypocrisy. You'll lack integrity and pay the price. Your teaching must be lived out first in your life, then in others. Number five, it's very easy for teachers to forget their audience. (laughs) To forget their audience. A teacher is able to take something complicated and make it simple. Amen. Thank God for people that can take very complicated things, especially Bible stuff, and make it easy for us. But it's also possible that a person, a teacher, can take something simple and complicate it. You know, one of the greatest compliments you could ever give to me, sometimes people come up to our service and say, you know, Pastor Ed, uh, we were visiting today, but, you know, the Bible says it's so simple, so simple. I know all that. I've got to go find another church that, that feeds me the word. And, and I'm like, well, God bless you, man. When you find that church, let me know. Uh, I'll be able to pass it on to other people. And they're, they're kind of like think saying, you know, it's so simple here. It's too simple. But to me, I feel, man, if you left here with the simplicity of the gospel and you totally got it and it was too simple for you, then I think I've accomplished what God... Because what do you want me to do? Do you want me to take the Bible and make it so confusing and so hard where you leave here going, man, what in the world did that guy mean? I know all the Greek words and I know all the Hebrew, but I have no idea what the Bible... I don't don't think that's from the Lord. The Lord, don't you... I like what J. Vernon McGee used to say. I think he's still on the radio here in town. He used to say when it was Bible teaching that he liked to take the cookies off the top shelf and put it down on the lower shelf so people could enjoy them. And that's so important. You don't want to make it hard. Jesus said, and I quote, he said to feed my sheep, not feed my giraffes. And try to make it over everybody's head. One person put it this way, that teachers are like aviators. They announce a text, taxi for a short distance, and then take off from earth and disappear into the clouds. After that, all you hear is the sound of them flying way over your heads. And you don't need that. Be careful, teachers. If I was to take this Bible study and go downstairs and teach third graders, it would be the same study delivered in a totally different way. One of the first things I'd probably do is get rid of all the desks, sit down on their level, and we all sit around in the circle, the 20 of us. 
talk a little bit about life. I'd probably talk to the teacher or a few parents that have third graders. Okay, what's going on in your kids' lives? What's happening? What shows are they watching? You know, what, what are they into? What, I would, get, I would ga- gather all information so that I could deliver it on a much more simpler way for third graders. But for us, I didn't ask you guys. I mean, think about it. I, could, I need to remember my audience with the third graders, but what if I came up here, and as I am now, and I say, okay, everybody, uh, I want you guys to move all the chairs, and we're going to sit down, crisscross applesauce right here on the floor, and I started treating you like third graders. I wouldn't be able to deliver. I need to know my audience. And when teachers forget their audience, that's when they start disconnecting. And you've got, you know, for Bible teachers in particular, part of your prayer has to be, God, give me insight on the people I'm about to teach. So whenever I guest, if I'm a guest teacher somewhere, I always spend time talking to the pastor. What's going on in your church? What's the Lord doing? What's your heart for the church? Because I want to connect with people. I want to know my audience. That's why I love greeting beforehand. I I love talking to people. I'm going to be leaving to Georgia in a few weeks to teach at a youth conference and also at the Calvary Chapel there for Sandy Adams. So I'm going to be there. And and I've had a lot of time with the kids here. And and it's amazing what, what kids are... You know, it's the, the rise of suicide is on their hearts. This whole LGBT stuff is pressing in on their lives. The, the way that pornography at such a young age is pressing into their lives. They're worried about college. I mean, I talk to junior hires that are worried about college. The pressure and the grades. I just met with a principal here of a public school in Aurora that comes to our church and, and the things that he's dealing with. Uh, the things that, the poverty in our community. And I love talking to those of you that are connected. I, I want to know my audience. And teachers, if you lose your audience, you're going to lose your opportunity. You're going to lose your opportunity to really take the word and deliver it in such a way where it can be understood. Pastor Ed Taylor on some of the pitfalls that teachers need to be aware of and watch out for. And there were others that, unfortunately, we didn't have time to get to here on Abounding Grace. To give this a second listen, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through the Calvary Church app. You can search for Ed Taylor to download that today. Look for our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Well, today, we're excited to tell you about a book written by Scott Sauls titled, Beautiful People Don't Just Happen. It reads sort of like a field guide and will lead you to what the Bible calls the secret of being content in every circumstance. You'll also find hope in how God is drawn toward you in your sin and sorrow. Get a better idea of how God uses our struggles to make us more lovely. And learn how to quiet shaming and wearing thoughts with God's divine countervoice. We'll gladly send you a copy of Beautiful People Just Don't Happen for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers and giving to the Lord. Your gift, whatever the size, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. If you'd just like to make a donation and you're not interested in the pick of the month, you can just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Ed, in today's lesson, you stress the importance of regular teaching of God's Word. And maybe someone listening right now is looking for a church that does this. I'll give you this opportunity to invite them to come on out to Calvary Church Aurora, or at the very least, join our online community. I'd love to have you guys come out. If you're in the metro area here in Denver, it's a very short drive to southeast Aurora. 
We are on Hampton, one block east of Tower in Southeast Aurora, Calvary Church. Go to our website, calvaryco.church, or better yet, download our app. And you can be a part of our fellowship wherever you are by technology. So if you're listening to Grace FM here locally, uh, we broadcast all of our services live on the radio. We broadcast all of our services live from our website, uh, video, YouTube, Facebook, all of that. And we'd love to have you be a part of this fellowship family. We're growing at a rapid pace. The Lord is doing great things here. We're affecting our community in wonderful ways for the gospel of Jesus. And the best is yet to come. We're just in the beginning stages. We're 22 years old, but we're still a baby in what God wants to do. And we're so excited for the future. One of our axioms actually is we love the past, but we live the future. And that's where God has. We're moving forward, seeing more and more people and their lives change, their families change. So come on out. Calvary Church, we have Saturday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and literally things going on throughout the week to disciple you, grow you, and keep your eyes on the Lord. We'd love to have you join us sometime soon. Drop by calvaryco.church if you'd like more info about us. Next up is the gift of exhortation. Hear what Pastor Ed Taylor has to say about it tomorrow on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.